Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with star of X on the Beach Season 5, model and comedian Arise Wanzer, who can who is hosting WeHo Pride next weekend, is hosting Queer Prom at the Edition Hotel next weekend. How you doing today, gorgeous? I'm doing great. How you doing, honey? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. It's so great. Well, I love this. I am someone like, I will say, I love my work schedule. I don't love having to get up super early, but I love that I get to be like out early because like I work 7 to 3.30. So like I love having to get up at like 4 a.m. to go out exercising, get home, all that. Like not not yeah. a huge fan of that, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, no, I like that because it's like daylight savings time proof too. So if you get out at three, at least the sun is still out when you have to run your errands and shit. Right. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Exactly. So what was it like for you growing up in Virginia? Uh, I did not have too hard of a time. I think the bullying came around middle school because every queer person... I cannot stand when a queer person's like, I was bullied. I'm like, okay, that doesn't mean you can be an asshole to everyone. We were all bullied, but collect- <laughs> like as a collective. As a collective, we were all yeah. bullied to different varying degrees. Absolutely. Like some people were beaten up. Some people were like, you know, bullied by their parents as well or relatives. Like, you know, because um, I was bullied by teachers. Like it was bad. Um, and it's crazy because there were people you trusted, like adults. But right. um yeah, but it wasn't so bad that, because uh, my parents are really supportive, and so I wasn't yeah. being bullied at home. And so I knew I had support somewhere, and so uh, it didn't get in too deep, and I suppress a lot of it. Because <laughs> people ask me how it was, and I'm like, I have actively tried to forget for years, but I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't so bad that uh, I didn't get out of there. So I did get out right. of there. But um, right. I, as I gaslight myself, I'm like, it wasn't that bad. No, it was terrible. Bullying is terrible. And uh, especially when you feel alone, because there was just, a, when you're queer, there's maybe one other kid like you, uh, where right. you are, like in the past. Queer queer kids now are growing up in these queer gangs and it's amazing. I'm like, wow, yeah. okay. All this support and they're all coming out and shit. I'm like, this is so neat. This would have been a different experience. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's usually one other queer person and you usually can't talk to each other because you give each other away while you're both trying to just right. stay off the radar. Because you're like, oh, were you in the closet? I'm like, I was never really in the closet. I was more just keeping to myself. So I just I was very quiet. Uh, when I didn't want to be, I just didn't want any trouble. And I think that a lot of us fall into that as well. Or we just try to disappear because we don't want to be, you know, a target. Right. I totally get that. In terms of like, but there's also at some point you get like you don't know because like like my best friend is also gay but like we were friends before like we actually came out to each other so it's like yeah so it's like oh, we were friends I before knew. yeah i knew everything i already knew because my mom was a flight attendant like i'd seen gay people before yeah. she watched uh she watched rupaul and bh1 my mom loved that show uh yeah. i'd already seen two wong fu since i was like five um my aunt showed me that show and uh, I had like a whole collection of Barbies that was better than my sister's. Like it was, I knew what I was. Like I already knew. I was right. like, I, I, I told people like, I think I'm a girl, I'm a girl. I feel like a girl. And I knew I was right. a girl. And so I didn't know why it was so bad to be a girl. I'm like, why is this so right. bad? And my parents were just like, 
they they didn't treat it like it was a bad thing. They were just like, I, I remember the shared glances, like, I want an Anastasia doll, you know, from the movie. And they'd just be like, all right, we'll see what Santa can do. And it's just, they, and I got it. I did get that doll. But at the same time, yes. uh, they were just like, how do we deal with this? <laughs> like, should we do, what, what do we do about this? And, you know, and I just, I think it's so weird because it's not like gay people or trans people didn't exist. People just didn't want to deal with them. Right. And so they swept totally. us under the rug a lot. Yeah. So when you're in, when they're in your family, you have to deal with it. And so you can't pretend like it's not something that can happen. I think it's so weird that people want kids and they don't want gay kids or trans kids or like just queer kids because that's a very large possibility. Like we make up, what is it? 10% of the population or something? Isn't it high? Isn't it getting higher? And so I'm like, yeah, this it's a big possibility. Like your kids aren't just gonna be cis hetero. And so I think you need to- Exactly. Yeah, re-examine whether you want kids or not or whether you want to try to vicariously live through someone else who, whose dreams, uh, you, your dreams didn't come true. So you're trying to make them come true through someone else. Like, oh, my daughter's gotta have a dream wedding and she's gonna be this girly girl that does ballet. Uh, no, she wants to play lacrosse and she wants to eat pussy. So, you know, it, you know no, it's just, these, are, these are the possibilities. And so right. it's like, I don't know, you don't, you have to want kids, which means any kind of kid. You yeah. can't just want it to be one type because that's just not the way it works. So I don't know, but uh, so it wasn't so bad, but yeah, I turned out okay. Right. So, okay. I'm going to ask this question because when I was reading on your bio, it wasn't very clear, clear. God, yeah. I can't speak. So did you come out as gay first or did you just automatically come out as trans? Oh, see, I had told people I was a girl at a very young age. Like I knew what I was. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because my aunt told me, uh, who's older than my mother, she's, God, she's got to be 70 now, but I'm not trying to out her. Anyway, yeah. but uh, she looks great. But it's my aunt Deborah, and she said, I remember when you told me you were a girl, you were about four or five years old. And I said, are you sure? And I told her, and she quotes it, she goes, I know what I am and I know what I'm not, and I know I'm not like them. And I was pointing to the other boys. Right. And... Um, I thought, wow, like the signs were all there. Like I knew who right. I was at a very young age. And that's why that when they question trans kids, they're questioning their own bodily autonomy, their own agency over their body. Right. Because uh, I knew who I was. If I had a little more support, like, I don't know. I don't know who I'd be now, but it would be, because uh, I was already supported. But I mean, like if I could just be myself at that time and not have to suppress that and right. hide it and just be quiet and silence myself, basically, I don't know what position I'd be in. Um, but I think that's what they're trying not to do because they don't want trans people and queer people to have any power. And with support comes power because we believe in ourselves. And then we can't right. believe the lies that the government and the media tells us that we're not good enough or we don't deserve representation or uh, are, we're, we're unnatural. Yeah, we are. We are found in so yeah. many species. Homosexuality is found in so many species. There's so many trans species. Right. Um, that's trans species people. That's not what we're yeah. talking about. I mean, I mean species of animals. Like, uh, there's a fish in the ocean. That's a huge fish. Uh, all at a certain age, they all turn male. All of them. They just switch. Wow. Uh, like a hormone kicks in, and females are young, and the males are the older ones. And it's like there are whole species of trans animals. Like they're trans animals. I'm like, you've got to be right. kidding. And so, and that's just one that I'm naming. There's like at least 17 more. I'm not kidding. And uh. 
Yeah, I've had to do my research. But um, yeah, you're forced to be a fucking gender expert um, when you're trans because people, that's all anyone asks you. But um, it's welcome here because it's in a queer yes. space. But like, right. straight, like it's when the cis heteros are asking and you have to break <laughs> every little thing down yeah, and they're just like, and they're just like, well, what about genitals? I'm like, oh, shut up! Oh my god! I'm like, oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> what was the question? Oh, oh, so I came out uh, as gay because I was in Woodbridge, Virginia. Okay, right. Uh, when I was, it was like my freshman year of high school, so I was like 14, 15. Yeah, but um, because I was already on my cheerleading squad, I was like, let's just do this. Um, like, because I'm, I'm not masking it up for anybody. No one believes right. this. Okay. But already, yeah, but I'd already grown my hair out. I was starting to do highlights. Yeah. I had mascara. I was doing like because that's when Paris Hilton was popular. So I was like yes. bronzered out, had my teeth bleached and my lip gloss. Like I was wearing baby tees and bell bottoms. Uh, so I was a girl, <laughs> right? To, in the way that I could be, you know, I couldn't right. start any kind of hormone therapy because I just I knew all of that was off limits, and I knew that's where. Because that's also, I have to thank uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy for coming out because they made it okay to be queer openly at that point. And even right. straight, even the straight guys at my school were metrosexuals now where they were getting the frosted tips and dressing really clean with their flipped collars and they were taking showers and it was like groundbreaking. <laughs> no, one had, no one had seen boys take showers and wipe their asses before this. And so I kind of like got to go under the radar of just being high femme and it's right. like, oh, like, you're just, like, super gay. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I knew what I was. But I'm like, I yeah. cannot say that until I leave Virginia. Like, it is too red state here. It was very Republican. And so I'm like, I'm not getting killed. I'm like, I just need to get out of here. Right. Yeah. So I waited. <laughs> well, I will say, to my coming out, to the point of people wanting to suppress queer people, not my pe Well, actually, I would say not my parents, but not my parent, because I came out four months after my mom died so like oh, i only thank you so i only had to come out to one parent which made it a little bit easier but like my dad and i have an older sister like my dad and my sister were supportive i came out to a youth minister oh mistake i was like that did not go well honey okay no just wait till you hear the ending so here we go I <laughs> here we go I told him about this performance idea I had that involved a knife and like how I had practiced it. Very dramatic, because of course. And like he left the room, came back in about 10 minutes later, and he said, You have one of two options. Either you're coming with me or I'm calling the cops. And I was like, I'm like, well, coming with you might be a better idea. I didn't want him to call the cops. So he took me to get a psyche valve. I passed it. He lied to make it seem like I was lying. And as a result, when I came out, I got locked in a mental institution for 64 hours. What did the what were you doing with the knife? What happened with the knife? I was just like it, like it was just me practicing like I'd practice like stabbing myself like not like actually like doing anything but doing like a theater thing I'm just like okay. yeah and that was just apparently enough it was enough for him because again suppressing queer voices my sister fully said is because you came out if you hadn't come out I think he would have thought it was super artistic but since you came yeah. out with it it was like 
he couldn't handle all of that information at once because it could have been like an artistic form of like expression. But I think a lot of pastors can't handle a lot of information because a lot of them are like marriage counselors. Um, yeah. They're teaching kids all these different things and they're not teaching them the right things nine times out of 10. I will glad I will comfortably say that because I've heard yeah. them talk and I've heard them give advice and all they ever say is like, trust in the Lord. And I'm like, that's not advice. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> Real, definitely. Like, yeah, like it's giving it's giving adult imaginary friend. And so it's because nothing can really happen with that. Like even like right. it's, it's a controversial statement, but I'm not I'm a non-believer. So sorry. Um, sorry to Same. believers that are watching. Yeah, that are watching. I went to private school. I've read the Bible three times and I know that that's not it, girl. Anyway. So, um yeah, or I, that's not it for me. If it's helping you on your little journey or whatever, I'm, yeah. saying, I'm saying this to anyone watching. I'm like, then do your thing, girl. But yeah, did not do that for me. But um, yeah, I think uh, they can't handle a lot of real information. And I remember that when I would question my teachers in private school, mm. like, yeah, because I would question them about Noah's Ark used to bother the shit out of me. I'm like, so <laughs> we're all related? No, I'm like, he flooded the earth. I'm like, so we're all related. And she'd go, yep. And I'm, I'd be like, so black people, white people, and Asians and Latinos, like they all came from these people not that long right. ago. Like it's not right. long enough ago for us to evolve into different races. I'm like, what? Like, and yes, it's just human race. Like that's, right. you know, there's only yeah. one race. All the rest is illusion and, you know, geography of where people live yes. and what their bodies did. But, um, it bothered the shit out of me. I'm like, so some of us got like chocolate black in the desert from these <laughs> two people and his sons. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just a little confused. Yeah. And I, it bothered me about the bugs because I used to watch Animal Planet a lot. I'm like, so he collected two of every bug because some bugs mate with different things. Like it just bothered me. It bothered, none of it was right. true. I was like, none of this makes sense. I'm like, maybe an area flooded where they grabbed two of every animal that existed there. Like right. just a couple camels or whatever, you know? And it's like, I don't think they had giraffes on this motherfucker because they don't even live exactly. there. They didn't live there. I was like, that's not, you said it was, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Anyway. No, I mean, I get that. First of all, to your point of <laughs> counselors, when he like, when he got confronted about it after I had gotten out, he tried to set me up with this counselor who wanted to pray the gay away. Nope. Nope. And oh, wait. also, also, suddenly the knives are off yeah. the table. It wasn't. It was never about the knives. It's praying yeah. the gay away. This has to go. And he didn't right. know what to do because he had to get a counselor to bring in reinforcements because he didn't know what to do. Exactly. Where are you from? Where was this? Uh, Florida. That explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And to your point of questioning things. As I like, that was what I call the start of my arc out of the church. Yeah. And then I started asking questions where it's like, so, because I'm just Catholic, and it's like, so the Catholic Church's ties to the Illuminati. I'm not allowed to talk about this, right? Like, why is this a thing? Like, why, if they're supposed to be like so spiritual, why is there an all seeing eye in the Vatican? Like, I would ask these kinds of questions that were not accepted. I have been talking about Catholicism being full-blown witchcraft for years. They burn incense, like they're getting the evil spirits out of the place. Right. 
Uh, they, like they're always burning something in the place and they're always chanting. They're dipping people in blessed water. This is witchcraft. Right. This is literally <laughs> witchcraft. I'm like, this is, oh, and they're, uh, they're praising false idols, which is against the 10 commandments. I'm like, right. Is it, is everyone reading the same book? I'm like, this is absolute witchcraft. They're wearing robes. Um, women aren't allowed to be priests because they bleed. Yes. This is the most witchcraft shit I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, this is witchcraft. I'm like, stop it. And then they condemn witchcraft. I'm like, you just don't want anyone else to have any power. And so that's what it all is. And it's all just fear mongering anyway and getting people to hand over their money during uh, right. ties or whatever. Exactly. It's also the point of, and my dad always hated this when I pointed this out. In some ways, I say cannibalism because they say they eat the body and blood of Christ. I'm like, you're the ones who are saying that. Like, eating people is cannibalism. Like in <laughs> the symbolism, the symbolism yeah. of drinking out of a chalice and it's his blood. This is witchcraft. This is absolute <laughs> witch you may as well cut a goat's neck right on the fucking altar. <laughs> no, like this is witch this is absolute witchcraft. I'm like, bitch, I, I have witchcraft books up on my shelf right now. I'm like, this is motherfucking witchcraft. Like this, you're reading it, you're like, this is just Catholicism. <laughs> it's true, because they have their whole little thing about yeah. candles that are lit, lit lit for their prayers or whatever. I'm like, this is witchcraft. This is witchcraft. You're yeah. literally, oh, that's witchcraft. That is, that's that's yeah. witchcraft. You cannot look at it any other way. We're watching Pocus Pocus in real time. Exactly. So if it's not which, even I, cool, no, which I support, but just don't try yeah. to call it something else. Okay? <laughs> it's not even cool witchcraft, though. Because, like, no. I'm, I'm interested in witches. I've interviewed a witch. So it's like, oh, I'm interested. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, they are about worshiping nature, which yeah. I can get behind, because that bitch is real. Worshiping an invisible deity, I don't know. I don't know about her. <laughs> I don't know about her. But if I get to worship the trees, I know that they will speak to me. Yeah. Exactly. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm part Native American, bitch. I do paint with the colors of the wind. I'm like, that's right. Right. <laughs> so, was it a culture shock for you moving from Virginia to Miami? Uh, no. I think the culture shock was that it was so much uh, Spanish. Because I didn't yeah. think I'd have to like learn Spanish, but you kind of have to learn a little bit of Spanish to live there. Because it's uh, Miami is not Florida. Miami exactly. is Latin America. Okay, so <laughs> if Latin America was a country, it'd be Miami. Right. Brazilians, Costa Ricans, Cubans, uh, Puerto Ricans, Trinidad and Tobago people, Haitians, Dominicans, every type of Spanish-speaking person is there. Oh, Argentinians. So yeah. yeah, so then also you've got Portuguese and you've got different dialects of Spanish there. It's every type. Every type of Latino is there. Uh, right. Or a Spanish person, because they are not the same thing. But yeah. um, and you and I learned that there. And so uh, <laughs> you learn and you learn how to spot all the different types. You're like, see, like the, uh, I was dating this Cuban guy who was Italian. He's Italian and Cuban. He goes, see, those are Argentinians. See, listen, he's like, listen to the sound of their Spanish. They sound they sound like a like a Peruvian sounds like they sound like birds. Like it's like <laughs> And yeah. so, whereas like uh, Cubans, uh, it, it said that they sound like parrots. We're like, baco, 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 baco. Like, and I'm like, that is so funny. And now I hear these things and I'm like, oh, there's an Argentinian talking next to me. How fabulous. Um, yeah, so it's all Spanish, but it's different Spanish. But um, Catalonian, because there's Sp uh, Spain Spanish people. It's a lot right. of different types of Spanish speaking people. And so I learned all the different types there. And uh that was the culture shock, I think. But other than that, I traveled a lot. 
because uh, my parents, my dad's a pilot, my mom's a flight attendant. Yeah. And so I've been places before, like I've been to France and a bunch of other places. Yeah, not any place yeah. I can name off the top of my head clearly, but you know, I've been all over and I've seen diverse, different types of people. Right. Uh, my whole family's really diverse. Like we have almost every type of Latino in there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're black and white and yeah. red bone all over. So yeah, that's how, that's how I'll put that right there. But yeah, so it wasn't a huge culture shock. Like, yeah, the culture shock was the language. Cause I'm like, oh shit, I need to learn Spanish a little bit. I didn't right. think I'd have to learn a new language, but okay. I always feel like, especially in Florida, cause I don't live in a city now, but I've lived in a city before. As I always say, like there are like three gay hubs in Florida. One of them is Miami. The other one is Tampa. And Key West. Actually, I'll put Key West as third. I'll do one more, which is Orlando. Yay, I'm like, I love Key West. Okay. Yeah, yeah. the fourth one's Orlando, which is where I I lived for four years. And Okay. You don't think Fort Lauderdale? Oh, yeah. I always forget Fort Lauderdale. I used to to do drag in Wilton Manors with Daisy Dead Petals and Erica Norell. Good times. See, I never much... I haven't performed that far south. I used to perform in... West Palm Beach, because like I'm kind of close to that. Oh, work. West Palm Beach is like, nice. Or yeah, it like was I'm, before the Trumps took over. Go on. Yeah, I'm like an hour north of there, so like that's why okay. I used to perform in like West Palm Beach and Lake Worth in that area. But work. I will say Orlando. Well, of course, I'll name the queer place that you probably you probably know of that I performed at on um, Parliament House. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like cool. that was yeah. So speaking of that, what was it like for you the first time you performed in drag? Uh, I don't, I don't know, because uh, I was a cheerleader for four years, and so yeah. it was really small scale. Because uh, I'm used to performing for three thousand people and doing flips, right? Like that's that's like that was pressure. Because if you mess up, you mess it up for everybody for thirty people. Versus if you mess up the words. Honey, just watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. Get them to yeah. get them. Mwah, mwah, start blowing kisses. You didn't have to sing anymore. And so it's just, you learn little tricks of the trade watching other girls go. Right. And um, it was fun. I had a really good time. And uh, I even won an award. Uh, it was the Shelly Novak Award for Best Newcomer my first year out. I think I was 18 or 19. And uh, I dressed like Beyonce from the You Must Not Know About Me video. I remember that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, and I'm, I'm on season one of Drag Race for Colorful Queens Who Didn't Quite Make It. Oh. Work. Yeah, it's the last episode, and I'm right before Alaska. And then I'm right after Detox, I think. Or I mixed those two up. Yeah. And uh, now we all know each other, which is really funny. Yeah. But we all went on to do different things. They went on to do Drag Race some more, and I got a modeling yeah. contract, so... Work. Yeah. So actually, I will say I have one of the like weird drag stories because I actually started doing drag in a straight bar. Like, okay. Because I was. That used to happen. That used to happen. Yeah. Actually, in this area, depending on who you know, that's where the drag queens actually do work in straight bars because there is not a gay bar in my area, not one. Honestly, I think the Palace is a straight bar in Miami yeah. where all the drag queens yeah. are like jumping off buses and doing this, uh, doing the splits because it's all yeah. bachelorette parties and visiting straight people. 
Like right. you nary see a gay in the palace. I'm sorry. Like I would never right. frequent the palace if I wasn't working there. Exactly. So the my thing is I was always a musician first. So like every time I perform, and it's probably why I don't get booked that often, is because I always sing live. Like no matter what, you're booking me, I'm gonna come in. And a lot of places don't like that. Well, it depends on what you're singing. Are you singing ballads? No. Okay. Well, is it like party music? I have. It depends on what mood I'm in. So, have I done ballads? Yes. Do I primarily do ballads? No. Actually, the last two times I competed in a competition, one of the times I did um, "Blow" by Kesha. Okay, that's fine. And, yeah, and then the other time I did "Team" by Iggy Azalea. So it's like I don't necessarily do like, but I'm also someone who like. Sometimes, if I just feel like it, I'm like, I don't want to do a hit song. I want to do something that like nobody's ever heard of. Oh, I never did hits. I did um, because in Miami we had everyone had their diva. Like Daisy Dead Pedals had all the Madonna. No one else can perform Madonna yeah. because Daisy Daisy's got it on lock and she's got all the choreography down. Don't even try it, you know. And she looks like yeah. Her. And then this yeah. queen, uh, like Ebony XL, uh, would have. God, she'd have like the Deborah Coxes down and like just like the the divas, like the voiced divas. Right. And so it's like, okay. And so I had Kylie Minogue because no one had claimed oh, her. Work. And so she was she was big in the queer community, but yeah. I would do her off tracks, like off of cosmic, like off of like you can't do like I'm not gonna do come into my world. No, no, no one wants to hear that. They, they, even if they want to hear it, no, I'm gonna give you yeah. the rest of it. Like, yeah. So I did a lot of Kylie. And ironically, my boyfriend's Australian. So Word. yeah, I was always going to end up down under. Uh, it should have been a sign when I pretty much got assigned Kylie. They're like, well, no one's doing Kylie Minogue. I said, I love Kylie Minogue. I'll do her. So yeah. And just to that point of, yeah, I'll also do like, I'll also do drag race girls. Like if I can find an instrumental, I've done songs by Dora Delano before. I've done songs by Alaska. Like, I just do it because I like it. That is actually what I used to do a lot of times in the straight bars. Like, if I didn't feel like doing a popular song and like I needed a third song in my set, I'd be like, be like, let me do an Alaska song. Let me do an Adore song. I'm like, a lot of times people would be like, they would think it's an original song. I'm like, I'm like, no, this ain't my original song. Like, yeah, they can Shazam it and then Alaska will get yeah. paid. It's fine. Yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> but. It's I think fun. I was. And, yeah, so I think I was doing drag started. before the days of Shazam. I don't know how old Shazam is. Oh, I don't know. I'm definitely before the age of Shazam because I had a my first day of doing drag. I had a I saw a pink razor phone. That's a long time ago. Yeah, that was like a little flip phone. I still have right. it. It's over here somewhere. Uh, yeah. Of course not. Ah. Hold on, I see it. It's in my jewelry box. This is literally my old phone. This, or, this, yeah. These, these are my first days of doing drag. I'm like, hello, I'm Paris Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> see, I know about the Razor phone only because it was... This will just show you, like, the difference in age between the reason I... Like, it was my first phone. Like... <laughs> ah, that was not my first phone. <laughs> that was maybe my fourth or fifth phone. Yeah, I've had a phone since I was 14, though. So I did start fairly early. 
I think yeah, I was yeah, I was 14 the first time I had my first phone. And it was that one? Yeah, it was the Razor, yeah. Yep, I'm a little older than you, honey, because I had that one in college. <laughs> but of course, we would never reveal an age of someone. Although Oh, I'm proud of it. It's fine. Yeah. I don't well care. well, my thing is I I for like for like all of my interviews except for one, I like finally admitted it because I used to tiptoe around and I'd be like, You and I are around the same age, da da da. And it's like, and it's like all of a sudden somebody asked me, and they're like, The only reason I told them is because they thought they were younger than I, I was younger than them, which I took as a compliment. So, like, but it's like, No, I'm gonna be, I feel, I feel old, I'm gonna be 29 next month. Like, oh, that's not that old, honey. It's yeah, gonna be I know, again. I know. And, and the phone timeline checks out because I'm like, that's about how old you would have been. Like, if, it's, yeah. if that was your first phone and that was my yeah. fifth phone, yeah, I'm like, that's about how old I was. Yeah, yeah, I'm 36. I'm turning 37 yeah. in October, so you're fine. Work. Yeah. I know, I, I know, girl, and the people who say, I love, the, I love the gays who are like, well, how can he? when you see someone who's like over 25 and it's like, well, how can he be attractive? He's over 25. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't really start being attractive until you're over 25 because the thing is, a lot of older people, if they have any sense in between their two ears, they're not fucking with an under 25 year old. I'm sorry. They have so much to figure out. It's so dramatic for no reason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, young people. But you're going to find out one day, or if you're lucky, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you get to be this old. Because I know so many people that didn't make it here. And you are too. Right. Like you grow up and you get older and you realize getting older is a badge of honor because a lot of people do not get this far. Like Janet Jof Janis Joplin never got this far. Neither did Jim Morrison. Very true. Neither yeah. did Amy Winehouse. They never got as far as me. I made it 10 years past them. That's crazy. Th that, that means you're on earth for this long. Did you make an impression? Yes. But do you get to, do you get to enjoy that? No. Nope. You're just a beautiful memory. And I don't, I'm not ready to be a beautiful memory yet. Like I want a little more time, please. You know? So when they call you old, it's like, that's messy, girl. Like you should, you should want to be old of anything. You just want to look good while you're doing it. So. See, that's the secret. It's like, it's like, if you, if you look your age, you're going to be ashamed of it. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing. Like, I always say, like, and you'll see it, obviously. I'll de-drag for you once we're done with the interview. But, like, my best friend is, like, a year older than me, and he looks a year older than me. I look, I look honestly, in my opinion, five years younger than I actually am, so I actually kind of like it. <laughs> oh yeah like and there's different factors that go into it like whether you live like a really stressful life like whether you know mm -hmm. you've been to med school and now you're a doctor like that's gonna age you and then if you've got kids those age you so quickly everyone i know with kids looks older than me i don't care yeah. i'm sorry i'm sorry everybody with kids but like those kids wear your ass out and you don't realize how much sleep you're not getting and you start to look yeah. crazy and uh i'm sure it's worth it they all say it's worth it but i'm like i'm good with my dog <sighs> No. And it's and it's also they don't. I say the secret: they don't moisturize their skin. They don't have time. They're too busy running around <laughs> these skin. They all, everything about everything becomes about the kids. They're like oh, I don't have time. My my kids are. I don't have time. My kids. Oh, I just do this with my kids. I don't have time. I'm like, I make time. 
I make time for myself. I, I love making time for myself and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but, you know, priorities and everyone's got different ones. So I'm not judging. Right. But it's I just find it shocking. I'm like, I couldn't be me. <laughs> no, of course not. We don't want to like. That's why like gay people who are like, I want kids. I'm like, like, but are kids that great? <laughs> no, they don't no. appreciate you. They don't care what you do for them. Uh, they're ungrateful. They're bad half the time. Pass. Hard pass. I love being on a plane and not having to worry about anyone but myself right. or whoever I'm with. But like, because kids on planes, every time, almost every time, I've, I've come across one good kid. I was sitting next to him on my way back from Spain. And he was, I was so anxious that there was a kid next to me. So anxious. Right. Oh, dear God, why did you do this to me? If you're there... You're a son of a bitch. Like, if there is a God, I'm very <laughs> you. No, because they know, like, I'm not a fan of kids. And so this yeah. kid was so polite, so polite to the uh, steward, stewards, what are they called? Air waitresses. Flight my mom was a steward, flight attendant. Flight I, my mom was one for 30 years, and the name changes all the time. Anyway, because stewardess is now, like, a steward is now, like, offensive. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I'm sorry. Because, because, because there's queers on planes. That's why, I like, yeah, no, but I come from flight attendant. I mean yeah. no harm. Anyway, and I'm a queer. So, but he was polite to them. He was polite to me. Um, yeah. I grabbed his, like, he had me pass his trash on. Like, he was picture perfect. Didn't make a sound. Watched his movie. Chilled. I was like, bitch, whose kid is this? I haven't seen a good kid in a long time. I'm like, this is a good kid. Yeah. He's kind of con He's kind of convincing for like, oh, you should have kids. That's the poster child. That's the one you want. Yeah. It's all the people with the worst kids you've ever seen. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. I'm like, that's screaming bitch. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, your kids are awful. There was always the person with the worst kids saying, you don't know the joy. I'm like, girl, you don't know the half of it. I, the joy is sleeping until 12. No. Right. No. It's and also, I, what was it that I described as... When they said, "Why don't you want kids?" I'm like, "Cause kids are money leeches." Um, they are. If you're really taking care of your kid, they are thousands of dollars a month. Thousands, whether yeah. it's the childcare, the food, whatever sport they want to be on, uh, the clothes. They have to, like you have to. Oh my god! Like there's just so much to do. There's so much, and then you have to run them all around town with the things they need to do. Like, oh, there's a yeah. parent-teacher meeting. Oh, you gotta, you gotta take them to soccer. You gotta. I'm like, this all sounds really awful. Yeah. And if your kid's in a sport you hate, you have to watch it now to be supportive. <laughs> I hate, I hate this idea. I hate the whole yeah. thing. And plus, it's like, why would I want that? I'd rather spend money on wigs. Like, <laughs> honestly, it's a great yeah. investment. <laughs> I will say, I I purposely didn't wear natural hair because I knew like I didn't know if like a Reese would be wearing a wig, so I and my hair is cheap, so like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you never know with me. You never yeah. know. No, because I switch it up a lot. I love wigs. I think they're so much fun, and um, you can really and transform it. too. Because I think of them like purses. Because people are like, "Oh, I love your real hair. Why don't you wear your real hair more often?" I'm like, "Because it doesn't match this dress." This dress is a blonde. Right. Like You can't have brunette with this dress. It doesn't pop. It doesn't do the thing it needs to do. Or, or this dress is a redhead. Like, this is different. They, it's like a purse. I'm like, these are accessories. I'm accessorizing perfectly. You just change the color of your eyebrows. And so 
people just don't get it. I'm like, oh God, the colors you are limited to because you just won't change your hair. Mess. It's also, it's like, it's also like, especially me, like I'm, I'm very indecisive. Like I'm doing an interview tomorrow and I know I want to wear different color hair than I'm wearing today. So it's like, I can't do that if I just like dye my hair. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if I post something, you know, it's new because I haven't worn that hair in forever. You're like, oh, she's blonde with bangs today. That's fun. And then you click on it because you know it's new stuff. Yeah. Versus of me looking the same every fucking day. It's like, well, and I'm bored. I hate looking the same every day. That is also, I always tell people, like, the secret to doing, like, like cheap drag or, like, not having to buy a lot of stuff. It's like, you wear a different color hair. It's a different outfit. Like, It changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. People do not get that. I'm like, ch- hair changes the game because you will see something completely different. Yeah, and it's like people who just do one hair color. I'm like, boring. Like, just it's, in drag, I'll just do blonde. No, I think it's great for branding because I think yeah. they're very easily clockable. Like, they can create a silhouette. Like when you see, like if you saw like a dark silhouette with like their shirt on it, you know that's yeah, Mattel. Like you right. know it. Versus like myself. You don't know who that is because I change it all the time. But I really, I enjoy changing it. And that's what I enjoyed about drag so much. I enjoyed right. being a character. And so you're putting on a new uh, face. And that's why I really love modeling because they make you look so different every shoot. I never look the same in shoots ever, right. ever, ever. So, and I love that. I love it. Yeah. Then it also teaches you what you can pull off. I'm like, oh, I should do this dark liner more often. I didn't know I could do this, or I didn't. I don't own a blue liner. I'm gonna buy this, or yeah. you know, I've never done that to my eyebrows. I'm gonna try that technique now. It's like, I love that shit. I, it's so much fun. You get to evolve every day. Right. Actually, work. This is my Trixie shirt. So like, I love Trixie. Oh, <laughs> didn't even clock it. Yeah. Didn't even clock it. You know, we love Trixie. She's great. Yeah. I do. I love Trixie. I say I fall in love more with like the drag queens who are also musicians as well. That's why I love like Alaska. Alaska is like one of my favorite drag queens. Like, oh, Alaska is a friend of mine. I love Alaska. Yeah, yeah, that's my girl. I love Alaska. We've been trying to get brunch for the past seven years. <laughs> Neither of us are in town. Yeah, no, it just it never it no. never aligns. It's fine. No, because we've gotten to work together. Yeah. Like, uh, we posted the Netflix is a joke thing last year, and I hosted it with Willem the ne- next day or the day before. It was the day before. And yeah. then we've. Uh, I was in her video with uh, Ledemi and Dylan Mulvaney for Y2K. XOXO Y2K. Yes. And so I love that, because she was like, I had to have you in my video. And I said, yeah. But, um, yeah, so we get to see each other. And I saw her at the queer tees, they pulled me up on stage, she and Willem, and I got to be Courtney yeah. Adams for the evening. And then, uh, where did I see her last? Oh, this other Netflix event that I was just at last week. But yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. We love Alaska. And she Four. is the best music, in my opinion, of all the drag queens. And the AAA girls. Yeah, yeah I, would, well. I would say, if you're talking about like just drag music, Alaska is the best. Like, yeah. if you're talking about like has a perfect mainstream sound, Adore. again, I I would say Adore definitely. Yeah, like, so give I, it to Adore. Yeah, Adore is yeah. like a real ass. Like, not that they're not real musicians, but Adore yeah. is not drag anymore. Like, it's no. fully something else, and so it's just a different category. But yeah, excellent music. 
I do. I love. I actually loved getting to see both of them because that was. I saw both of them at Parliament House when I lived in Orlando. So that was like. Look. Yeah. I love Adora. She's really sweet. Yeah. I haven't seen her in a long time. The one thing is, I met her. I like did VIP and like I met her, and it's like I was like so starstruck that like I couldn't think of anything to say. So like. Ah, uh, I think that's really cute though. Like, I think it's yeah. sweet. Like, I've anytime that's ever happened to me, and it doesn't happen often, but it happened at DragCon last year. There was like a line of people coming to see me, but um, it was shocking because I just thought I don't bite. Like, hello, and they're like, oh my god, and then they like freeze, and I'm like, let's take a selfie. Yeah, but yeah, it's fun. It's endearing. I find it endearing. Like, wow, okay, I made an impact. That is something else. Because you don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah. we're all just out here trying to be creative and be ourselves. And so, like, if you you see that you made an impact on someone's life, right. it is really humbling and really nice. So, yeah. yeah. That, that was before this. Because I feel like if I had a chance to meet Adore now, I'd be, like, all talkative. Because it's like, now I get to know how to, like, talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, this was training. Yeah, this was very much... I don't know why I didn't think about doing interviews before, because, like, one one thing I say, like, my interviewing inspiration is, like, Howard Stern. Like, I would be obsessed with watching Howard Stern clips hours and hours and hours on end. So it's, like, in some ways I argue that's why I didn't have to go to college for journalism. I just learned how to do it and i saved myself like thousands I don't think of dollars like i don't think he went to college for journalism he, i think he's a radio he, dj yeah he's just a radio dj yeah yeah exactly you practice something enough you'll get good at it so yeah you don't gotta go to school for this nothing in entertainment exactly. you need to go to school for unless you're gonna be an entertainment lawyer that's it exactly <laughs> yeah the rest you can just sort of wing it Okay, I'm I'm reading this question. I'm trying to think I'm going to ask it the way I wrote it. Okay. Um. Well, okay. So you said you dress extremely flamboyantly. So did you do that going out to the clubs in Miami, and that's why people asked you if you were transitioning? Because like, uh, no, I was just being myself. Like yeah. I would just wear. Uh, when I when I finally got asked, it was by Erica Norell. Uh, legendary oh. queen of Miami. Uh, we're Fort Lauderdale as well. And she was absolutely gorgeous. And she always had this like pompadour mohawk situation with like the sides like shaved down. It was very like pink, right. but like exaggerated. But she had this gorgeous makeup. She was absolutely beautiful. I remember that because she was intimidating. And uh, I'd only spoken to her a few times because my friend Charlie was friends with her. And yeah. uh, I hadn't uh, I hadn't immersed myself in the drag scene yet. I hadn't even started. And um, I had just moved to Miami and it was, uh, but I'd been to that club like three or four times. So there's only so many places to go. Yeah. And uh, we're in Fort Lauderdale. We drove all the way up there and she comes up to me. She goes, so girl, when are you going to start moaning? And I said, what? Like, uh, like, cause I was sitting at the bars by myself. Um, and she's, I said, she's like, girl, she's like, when are you like, you're transitioning, right? Like you're, you're doing it. And I said, no, no, I'm just really femme. And she was like, no, girl. She was like, no. She's like, you haven't figured it out yet. I said, she said, he's femme. She said, he's femme. She goes, you're a she. And I thought, like, I just remember thinking, like, 
really? Because I'm getting dubbed it by another yeah. trans woman. Like she's a trans right. woman who's absolutely gorgeous. And I'm like, are you sure? And because I'd kind of suppressed it for so long that I was just going to be high femme and gay. Um, but I'd never dated the gay guy. They weren't interested in me. Um, right. Again, the lines are blurred now because right. gender is a spectrum, sexuality is a spectrum. And so now yes. people are looking beyond all of that shit. But back then it was labels city. So they saw me for what I was and they knew I wasn't a femme queen. Like they knew I was yeah. not some twink. And so I didn't know that because I just, I'm from Woodbridge, Virginia. I've not been out yeah. in the world much. Um, I knew what I was once upon a time, but I didn't know if I was ever going to act on it. And so I right. thought, would I do this? Cause then after she said that I called like my closest friends yeah. because it kind of, it kind of rocked something in me like that had been waiting. Like it was waiting in stone and she went kink. And so then the light started to shine out. And I was like, Oh, I remember this. I remember this. Well, you know, I, I thought I was a girl a long time. Uh, but I just kind of pushed it down and I got to express myself in my feminine uh, right. in my femininity as a femme twink. Anyway, because I got to have hair, like long hair, yeah. and mascara and my lip gloss and my baby tees. Um, just living my little fantasy. But uh, yeah, to take it a step further, I remember asking my friend Chin and I asked my friend Talia and I asked my friend Roy separately. And I was right. just like, hey, if I became a girl like if i got like surgery or whatever because i didn't have the i we didn't have the terminology we didn't right it wasn't if i transitioned no we did not talk like that it was yeah. if i became a girl would you think it was like weird and they all had like the same answer for me which told me more about me than i knew that they could see because you think right. you're hiding very well in plain sight right and they all said the same thing and they're just like i wouldn't be surprised at all i kind of thought you'd go that route we, you know, you never mentioned it, yeah. so I wasn't going to mention it. And I was just like, oh my God, everyone sees it. And I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm thinking no one sees it. I'm like, oh no, I'm just femme. I'm just gay or whatever. And everyone's yeah. like, no. Like, my gayest friends are like, no, girl, you're not one of us. So I'm like, oh yeah. shit. No. Because then, no, then I started panicking. I'm like, I have to fill out this paperwork. I got to go see a <laughs> therapist. There's so much work to being trans. I'm like, oh my God, I right. can't just be trans. You have to like, exactly. you have to go through it. You have to commit to this thing. And so you have to be absolutely sure. So I started, um, I remember I called my mom because um, I was uh, I was a little suicidal uh, after coming up with that. Like, I just thought, yeah, I don't want to do this. Because I'd never known anyone that it like worked out for. We, we didn't have happy right. stories. Like, I just thought, I don't want this to be i don't i don't want to do this i just don't want to and um but i knew the truth like it's i knew i knew what i was and i knew what i was a long time ago i just suppressed it long enough and used my little outlets of drag and, yeah. this and that. but like and so i remember i called my mom and i think it was like three o'clock in the morning and uh she picked up the phone and i was in my apartment in miami and i said mom i said i need to see a therapist like tomorrow um i need to know our insurance number or whatever like because I was on my parents' insurance. I was yeah. 18. And she said, okay, no problem. No problem at all. It's okay. She's like, is everything, is everything okay? Are you going to be okay tonight? She goes, you can make it through the night. It's going to be all right. Because I'd never said anything like this. I'd never done anything yeah. like this. And, uh, but I just remember, because um, I'm looking it up, like on my own. And we didn't have resources like we do now. So I'm finding out what right. I can on Google about being trans. And I was having like this come to Jesus moment where I'm like, I don't want to do this. 
I don't want to have to do this. I don't want to have to go through all this and to see how widely unaccepted it was. I'm like, God, like being gay was bad enough. I'm like, this is going to suck. Like, I just knew it was going to suck. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And that's why when people make it seem like, oh, this was a choice and you're making a choice. I'm like, this was not a choice. No, it was either I was going to kill myself <laughs> or or like I was going to do this. And I was like, I cannot believe. And that's not everyone's thing. Like some people yeah. are not so crossroads. But at the time, it was just a lot of pressure um, to conform in some way. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't be myself. Right. And now that I know exactly who the fuck I am, I have to be myself or I'll go exactly. next. And so... Yeah, I started seeing a therapist and uh, I got to just put all my grievances out there, tell her how I felt yeah. this whole time. And just, I was being honest for the first time with someone because I wasn't being honest with myself. Because, you know, all the time exactly. I would be like, nope, nope, you're not. Because I'd see a trans person on Maury or Jerry Springer and I'm like, that that's, that's your era. That's why, like, I can understand why you'd fear being trans because, like, we were a joke. Yeah, not not only were you not only were you a joke. If you weren't a joke, you were literally like the dead hooker on like the side of the road. Yeah, on the side. Yeah, or or in real life, it was just that was that's only stereotypes we had was that we were going to be killed as hookers or we were going to be on TV as freaks as a sideshow. And so those like they just didn't fit who I wanted to be. I was like, God, I want to be a model. Like I want to, I want to, I want to you know, be on TV. I want to be something more than what um, what this promise is. And w- right. if I go this route, it's almost guaranteed that's not going to happen for me. Because uh, there were no examples. Or, or at least they didn't tell us about any. Because I find out about April Ashley. I find out about Tracy Africa. I find out about Lauren Foster. I find out about Lena Bradford, Candace Kane. You find out about these people after the yeah. fact. Yes. Um, that, that have been hidden from society. Roberta Close, right. uh, who walked from Mugler, Connie Fleming, who walked from Mugler. Trans models already existed before me. And right. I didn't know because they hide us from plain view, even though they see us all the time. They're just like, oh, no, no, we don't, we're not going to talk about that, though. And so I was, it was traumatizing, and I was terrified to come to terms with that part of myself. And... Um, I've never even really talked about it until right now. Like, uh, like, cause the interviews, they never ask you that. They, they only ask you genitals, surgeries, hormones. Yeah. This is a good interview, bitch. Cause you're asking me like, that's a real fucking question. Like, yeah. oh shit, it was, I was suicidal. And that's what drove me to, cause it was either that I was just like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm like, I'm right. going to do it. Like, otherwise, cause I don't want to do this. I don't want to be trans. Not the way it works in society right now. I don't want to be a trans person, but I already know that I am. So what are my options? See, and it's so, interesting. It's yeah. interesting to hear a trans person's perspective because I will say this. I've said this on this podcast before. I had an ex who we were actually like living together at this time, and she actually wrote in a letter to me when she like moved her shit out of my place that she was transitioning while she was living with me, and like. Mm-hmm. I had literally, I had asked, and I know why she didn't tell me, because I had said, if you're transitioning, we're breaking up. Like, I was Um, very, I was very sort of like, close-minded, but it's because, 
in truth, I knew. Like, I'm a faggot. Like, I know, like, what I'm into, and it's not trans girls. Like, that's... And it's like, I felt like me saying that, it's like, I wish I could have been the more supportive person of, like, it's okay, it's okay, but... The thing is, all you can do is recognize your growth now. Like, you can't yeah. beat yourself up about the way things went in the past. Yeah. Because there were times that I didn't handle relationships well because I was just so inexperienced. Yeah. Because I didn't get to date in middle school. I didn't get to date in high school. I didn't get, I didn't lose my virginity until I was, like, 21. And so, uh, and that was after I transitioned. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's you you got you get stifled with a lot of your own growth because of the way society treats people that are different. Yeah. And so I don't blame myself or you for how you reacted to something that we're not, yeah. not taught we're not taught to ever approach. Yeah. And so you have to forgive yourself for that. And also, you know, if you can apologize, like I've gone back and apologized, like, hey, sorry for how I treated you back there because yeah. I just didn't know what was going on. And I didn't know what was going on with me. And I was scared and I wasn't ready for this. And right. so, um, yeah, if there can be some sort of atonement, work. But if, you know, if yeah. not, it's like you have to recognize your own growth. And yeah, I can understand, like, guys from my past who treated me like shit where I'm like, that was never going to work. Because yeah. it, was, it just wasn't allowed. It just wasn't allowed. And they were never going to be the guy that was the one that stood up for me. And uh, I, had to, I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. Over and over. So... But all's forgiven. I got the one I need. So I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I tell him all the time. I'm like, I'm so glad none of those other guys worked out because I wouldn't have found you. So stepping stones. That's why yeah. these kids, these kids make fun of you for being old. But bitch, have you found your forever person? No. Because if you haven't, you better hope you got some more years left, bitch. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Not that anyone has to end up with anyone, by the way. Like, if you ended up, like, single, that's perfectly fucking awesome. Like, Right. Yes, yeah, awesome. Being single is fun. It's so much fun. Just own being single. Don't be wallowing about it. I wish I had someone. Girl, that's why no one wants you. You sound desperate. No. <laughs> true. You sound crazy. No one wants to be with desperate or needy, honey. You got to relax. Get into yourself. Love yourself. Pamper yourself. Treat yourself like you want to be treated or how you'd want someone else to treat you. And right. you'll attract all the right people, whether it be friends, family, whatever. Work. Yeah. Old lady advice. <laughs> okay, you already kind of answered that. So, Work. when you <laughs> left Miami and moved to New York City, was it because you believed that you had, quote unquote, conquered Miami and needed to move onto something bigger? That is absolutely what I believe because I had several modeling contracts throughout the years in Miami because uh, I would change them like whether it be every six months or every year. Um, then they started locking people in for three years. I think it's because of girls like me that would leave. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, they, we used to just leave it. But um, they'd be like, are you going to renew? I'm like, no, you guys didn't do anything for me and they want me over <laughs> at Green. So, and then you just switch agencies. No, but um, because I'd successfully transitioned in modeling uh, to just do women's modeling yeah. and um i'd walked for all the miami fashion weeks for good designers and it was about year five where i just like kind of snapped because i'm backstage at a show i remember this show it was at the was it the delano nope it was at the raleigh it was at the raleigh and um 
we were, it was it at the Delano? It was at the fucking Delano. I remember the pool. God, that, yeah, it was that damn pool. Anyway, sorry, 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 everybody. Yeah. Anyway, so it was at the Delano Hotel, and it was a, uh, because they put a runway over the pool. And because uh, I remember, because I just painted it black and some girl slipped. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't know. Ah, anyway, no, but I remember going backstage and I knew every single model there. And they're like, oh, hey, Reese. And I was like, I think we plateaued. Like, it's, I've seen the same girls like six shows in a row. It's like, we're all booking the same shit. And it's, you know, we've all done Ocean Drive magazine, Biscayne magazine, like yeah. whatever mag like it's just I wanna do something bigger. Like I wanted bigger. I wanted I wanted to do real New York Fashion Week and be considered for high fashion shit. And um so I just I was like, I don't I told my mom, I said, I don't ever knew my lease. Um, can you help me move? Cause I need my parents help like driving from Florida because I'm I i can not do that alone. Like I'd fall asleep. But yeah. um and so I moved back home for what was supposed to be like three months. And uh, then my brother's girlfriend at the time, um, oh, I don't know why her name was escaping me. Karen, sorry, Karen, her name's Karen. I think it's because Karen got a bad rap after that, but she's a really sweet girl who's not racist. <laughs> she's not racist or transphobic. She's not yeah. racist. We love Karen, Karen Catania, we yeah. love you girl. Um, she got a job at Ely Tahari as a designer. And it was, I was only home for two weeks. Like I was living at home for two weeks. I'm out partying with my brother and my high school friends and I'm having a great break away from Miami. And uh, cause I came home a successful model, you know, like I'm like, oh, I did it. I was in Miami, yeah. I graduated from college. I transitioned, everything's good. And she was like, oh my God, I need a roommate when I moved to New York, will you move with me in two weeks? I was like, if I said no, when would be a good time? I'm like, right. I have a built-in roommate of someone I already know. Yeah, I'm gonna go. And I've known her for years. It was my brother's girlfriend. I was like, this is yeah. great. And so we went looking for our apartments. Uh, we flew up to New York, looked for apartments, found a really great one. It was a pre-war apartment in upper, upper, uh, what was it called? Washington Heights. And we had 14 foot ceilings. It was on the first floor, so no steps. It was great. And uh, washer and dryer in the building. But I'm just saying, I'm bitch, it was pre-war. Yeah. So we had like the molding and the hardwood floors. It was beautiful. We had granite countertops. It was really nice. Really nice yeah. apartment. And, um, but it was a one bedroom, so we shared. We slept across from each other like Orphan Annie. We both had our twin beds. And then um, we had a third roommate who was her friend Jessica, and they were on bunk beds across from me on my twin bed. And uh, that's New York, wow. that was New York life. Yeah, we split that apartment, it was a one bedroom, and uh, I was a model. And uh, two weeks later, um, I started, you know what, no, I started interning at Ford Models, because I applied everywhere. I sent my yeah. pictures everywhere. I started, you know, going to all the go-sees and the castings, trying to get signed somewhere. Mm -hmm. Nobody would sign me. They're like, oh, we're not doing the trans thing. We're not doing the trans thing. Click, Wilhelmina, all of them said that to my face, by the way. Like, oh, we're not doing the trans yeah. thing right now, but come back next season. And so it wasn't a no, it was a not yeah. you right now. And so right. some girls I saw, they were like, absolutely not, because they did it right in the room. It was terrible. It was, it was right. old school stuff was harsh. Okay, this is a long time ago, everyone. People were not PC. Um, but I'm naming names right now, bitch. Anyway, things have changed though. I'm sure they've got new representation, all that stuff. It's great. Right. But, but they all told me no to my face. And then, uh, and so I applied online and they all like pretty much rejected me there too, because you're getting rejected by an intern, by the way. Like you don't even get to an agent's office until you get past the intern desk, which I learned 
after interning. So I, I, I applied with my degree. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna use my degree since they're not gonna let me be a model. And so I applied everywhere. And the first one to respond was Ford Models. And where Rachel Walgrove, who I'm still friends with today, called me on my phone, like called me. I was sitting there still sending out fucking my resume and yeah. my fashion resume, because I went to fashion school. And she said, hey, I love your name. Can you start tomorrow at eight o'clock uh, as an intern? I said, yes, really? She goes, yeah, we really need interns. And I was like, okay. And uh, I interned for two weeks. And then they took my Polaroids for to be optioned for Givenchy and Gucci. And because uh, it was fashion week happening. So that's why they needed interns so bad. Yeah. And um, two weeks later, I was at Ford Models. And uh, I was shooting with Patrick DeMarchelier for Love Magazine with some of the biggest models in the game. And it was it was just being creative because I'm like, they're not going to let me be trans and just get in. I have to fool my way in by being smart. And so I used my degree and it worked. Work. Yes. So you moved kind of like from Miami to New York. Cause I always say when I move out of Florida, I know where I want to go. I would love to go to New York. No, I could never afford it. So I'm going to go to like, the affordable version of New York that's down here in the South, Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta's nice, yeah. though. My friend Roy lives there. Yeah. Atlanta's very nice. Yeah. Because New York, it's not what it used to be. Like, yeah. it was expensive then, but now it's it's not high fashion anymore. It's high finance. Yeah. Everything's banking. Everything. It's just, right. you have to be so rich to live there that I, I can't afford to live in New York right now. Not with yeah. my needs. Like, I need a washer and dryer in unit. I need... Yeah. A parking spot like this. I need to be able to drive myself to work. Like I, I could never live in New York now, and they don't want me, which is fine. Like New Yorkers love letting you, letting you know when you say you couldn't live in New York. They're like, we don't want you. I'm like, I don't want to go. Yeah, you stay in your Roach Motel, girl. I don't care. Anyway, I said it. I'm coming. I'm not trying to come for New Yorkers. I'm saying I lived there for three years. Never again. <laughs> no amount of money could make me live in New York. <laughs> See, I feel like once you've lived somewhere, you never want to go back. Like. I thought about moving back to Miami a few times oh, just because it well, was beautiful. But now now that Ron DeSantis has ruined everything, yeah. never again. That's never again. That's my I said that at I'm the end advise of you to get the fuck out of Florida as soon as you can. I'm hoping to within the uh, within like the next year. Please run. Don't look back. <laughs> yeah. God. Go to Austin, Texas if you have to. I'm just saying it's cheaper and it's yeah. queer. Go where it's cheap and queer. Go where we are celebrated, not tolerated. Tolerance is not acceptance. That's why I say, like, everyone's, like, Atlanta, the South. But it's like, yes, but Atlanta is, like, that liberal hub in the South that is not, like, it's also, the bit like, one of the biggest cities in the South. You could also do, if you want yeah. to do cheaper than Atlanta, but also queer and accepting, Savannah. Mm. Savannah. I, I, I did not. Ch I did not check out Savannah. I have checked out Atlanta. Check out before. Savannah. Savannah. Uh, there's a there's a, a art college there that my uh, best friend went to to learn fashion design, and now he's designing for big people that I cannot name yeah. right now because he's signed things. Yeah. No, but um, but uh, his brand is called Jeff Wah, and uh, he's my best friend for 25 years almost. Yeah. And so, but yeah, he went to school in Savannah, and it was very queer. Uh, that is the yeah. land of uh, Lady Chablis, who was in uh, the mm -hmm. star of the book in the Midnight of uh, the Gar Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and that's Savannah, Georgia. Work. The only yeah. reason I know uh, the only reason I know Lady Chablis is from Drag Race, but that's yeah, but yeah, that's the land yeah. of Lady Chablis, honey. Rest yeah. in power, bitch. Yeah. 
Because my thing is, at, at some point in the previous interviews of, like, I talked about, like, settling down in Atlanta, and then I realized I'm, like, at, at some point I got to the point of where it's, like, from the very beginning of this podcast, the first interview was, like, I told someone I would never move to L.A. I would, L.A. is full of all this, da-da-da-da-da. Now, five months later, you bitch might move out to L.A. Like, that's... LA is cute. It's expensive, but it's cute. Yeah. I love I love it for me. I always tell people it's yeah. not for everybody. But um because a lot of people bitch about LA. They're like, oh, everyone's fake, everyone this, everyone that. And I'm just like, there's fake people everywhere. I've lived everywhere. There's fake yeah. people everywhere. If you find fake people everywhere you go, you're the fake one. Yeah. That's it. You're because you attract what you are. And so mm-hmm. you're really just telling on yourself. Cause I have groups of really great friends here. Um, I have really close friends here that we like vacation together. Uh, we house it. Like, I'll, I'll go watch their house. Uh, they'll watch yeah. my fucking dog, you know, and they'll water my plants while I'm on a show or something. Yeah. Like, like you find your people, but you you have to be real yourself. Yeah. And so that's how you find your real people. Otherwise, if you're just being fake all the time, you're going to attract fake-ass people. That's just what it is. And my thing with it is, honestly, I say it's because of this. Because it, for me being on like the East coast, it is great when I'm trying to book people internationally. It is not great when I'm trying to book people in LA because not everybody's free. Yeah. Very much. That's yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. But as I said, we'll see what happens with this. I'm hope I'm, I'm still very much like in terms of interviewing people. As I said, five months. I've only been doing this five months, like interviewing people. Like I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Like, and I just told you, you asked me something no one's ever asked me before. I've yeah. never opened up about that because they never ask me the right questions. And so a lot of people like there are some really good interviews I've had uh that just weren't focused on me growing up or whatever. But yeah. They had great questions. I remember my friend, uh he's not my friend, Alan Zaki. He's a photographer and he has uh, but he absolutely made me cry in an interview and I am hard as stone. Like I am made of stone. Like, yeah, when he got me there, I was like, oh my God, I'm crying. And it was just a really in-depth interview about like my feelings. And I just didn't, I didn't know that I was going to have to tap into those. And so there they were. I know you, I know you said that when, um, you, uh, reacted to X on the beach with Mike. I have questions about that. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm not going to emote just because you're emoting. But that's just me in a relationship. Like, just because you're crying does not mean I'm going to cry. I'm actually very upset with you. I don't care. But um, because I have to decide how I feel about this. Like, I'm right. Whether you believe in astrology or not, like, I'm the rules apply with me. Like, I'm very much a Libra. And I get when I'm surprised, I'm, I'm usually caught off guard. Like, I'm just like, right. Okay, how do I feel about this? And I'm like, I need to. I need to deal with this, like, because I, I'm, I don't, I'm not reactive. I'm not a reactive person. Like, if yeah. something bad happens, I'm like, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Like, I'm like, damn, I'm upset about this, but I still have this and this to do, so I'm gonna do those two things, and then I will revisit my feelings on this. Because right now, I'm very angry. See, that's Libra. Like, yeah, I. Cancer very much like when I have, have emotions. <laughs> I have, I have emotions. I literally say like when people say like certain things about like in some ways like if you believe in like destiny, I feel like I was destined to be gay because literally 
my birthday falls on like the gayest day possible, which is my birthday falls on the anniversary sure. of the Stonewall riots. So, oh, work, yeah, yeah. work. So that's one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, maybe destiny is like a real thing. Like, <laughs> I don't see why not. My I yeah. have the same birthday as Ralph Lauren, and I ended up being a model. So, yeah, there you go. Work. Yeah, come on, so. destiny. Destiny's children. Okay, all right, going with this one. So, what made you decide to do reality TV? Um, I never thought about it. I um, I moved to LA to yeah. quit modeling. I, I literally moved yeah. here to quit modeling. I was going to start working at Starbucks because it was a decent job. They love trans people there. I was like, I'll work at Starbucks, and I'd worked at Starbucks before when I lived in Miami. It was just for a month, but you know. <laughs> No, it's because I signed on to do the four o'clock shift and they were like, oh, we really need someone for 6 a.m. though. I'm like, I, I was in college. I'm like, I can't do that. I have class. I literally yeah. can't do that. And so they're like, oh, well, I guess finish out the month. And then I was like, okay, whatever. Anyway, I was like, I was like, fuckers. Anyway, <laughs> I tried to have a job. But yeah, because I'm like, I'm, I, have, I have college. Like, I'm not going to yeah. work around college to have my little job at Starbucks. Anyway. Um, it just seemed like a cool job. But yeah, I've worked right. at Starbucks before. Aris Wanzer, the model, has worked at Starbucks before. Just yeah. for a month. But um, it was enough money to buy my um, my beach cruiser bike with that I rode everywhere in Miami on with my little basket on the back. But um, anyways, I moved to LA to stop modeling. And so I was writing, because uh, I'd started writing in New York for a magazine called Original Plumbing, which is, pun intended, it was a trans-masculine magazine. And I was oh. their Gary Bradshaw. Yeah. <laughs> So I wrote about my dating experiences sometimes twice a month, but I did it for maybe two years. And uh, it was after I shot, uh, I did a uh, photo shoot with them and the editor, his name was Amos Mack and he now writes for Gossip Girl, uh, the new Gossip Girl. And uh, he asked me, he was like, you're so funny. He's like, would you write an article for us? And I said, yeah, sure. And then he was the, the next month, he was like, it did really well. We write another one. And I'm like, yeah. And so I just ended up doing it for a couple of years. And um, I even did it when I moved to LA. And so that segued into me getting freelance writing gigs with The Blot Magazine, with Dazed and Confused, with uh, ScenariosUSA.org, with another one. It was, it was, I was freelancing for a bunch of different magazines, writing different articles. And uh, I'm trying to remember the other one. It was a good magazine. They paid well. God damn, I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> But so I was segueing into being a writer and so I didn't yeah. get a job at Starbucks, uh, even though I applied to many of them. They were just like, mm, no, um, it, was, it was competitive in LA. So I was sleeping on a couch in Burbank and I went to, in Cecilio, my now agent at Slay Models, uh, hit me up and he was like, hey, I love your dating articles. My friend Eric showed them to me. I'm flying down from San Francisco about this uh, documentary I'm doing called What's the Tea? And I think that's on Amazon now and Hulu. And he goes, I want you to do my first interview. And I'd never done an interview before. I never interviewed anyone. I just do my little write-ups. And right. so I went to Tarte on 3rd and Fairfax, which is now called something else, but it's still a restaurant. But, and we went to brunch there and we were there for like four hours and we shut it down. And we were just laughing, having a good time. And I got a really yeah. good interview from him. And he was like, why aren't you modeling? Like out of the blue. And I was like, I quit. I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore. And he goes, what if I get you signed to my friend's agency in Thailand? He has an all trans division. And it was at Apple Models in Thailand. 
And I said, yeah, sure. This is L.A. I just figured he was blowing smoke up my ass. Yeah. I was like, this guy is a liar. I was like, I don't know why he feels like he has to lie to me about this, but okay, I'll go with it. Work. And yeah. then uh, I'm on their website, and then I booked a couple gigs for L.A. Fashion Week, and I was like, oh, shit, am I a model again? And it just <laughs> happened. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, and then uh, after that, he was like, hey, so I'm pitching this show about trans models. Uh, would you want to do it around that agency? And I said, yeah, sure. And so then he flies up, up to San Francisco. Uh, me and Dominique Jackson from Strut and Pose, that you know from Pose. So it was me, Dominique Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the originals. God damn. I think we're the only two that are the originals that made it to Strut, the show. Because then there was this girl Angel, this girl Lee, this girl Bray, this girl Claudia. And it was all trans women at that time. And then Leif got cast uh, when the show got picked up and so did Isis and Ren and like, you know, everyone else. And right. uh, yeah, it's really, I'm just reminiscing how this happened. I'm like, yeah, it happened like yeah. crazy. But yeah, it came from me interviewing Cecilio and him saying, I want to put a show on after this. Like after he got me signed to his friend's agency. Right. Out, and then his friend tried to, they tried to, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say stuff. They tried to double cross him out of the deal. And then he was like, fine, it was my idea. He goes, so I'm gonna open up my own agency in LA that's all trans. He goes, will you come with me? And I said, yeah. And so I was on the phone with him when he was driving seven hours to Sacramento, trying to come up with a name for his agency. And we were, he was entering them all at the Better Business Bureau, like where the state, like state, state yeah. capital of Sacramento. And he came up with, I didn't come up with Slay, he came up with Slay on his own. I came up with all these different names and they were all taken. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Slay Models. And I was like, okay, Slay it is. And so then, yeah. Slay Models was born, and I've been there ever since. And um, then it was just a few weeks later, they picked up the show after we did a couple uh, weeks of pitching it to like BET, Lifetime, VH1, MTV. None of, no, none of them took it. Lifetime yeah. wanted us, but they wanted us for a development deal, which would have taken maybe years. Right. And so, whereas Oxygen said straight to series, we'll do right. it. And so we went with Oxygen. And uh, that's how I got into reality TV. It was completely yeah. by accident. Uh, it was because I picked up my modeling days again. And now yeah. I've not left. I've been in Dr. 90210. I've been on a couple other shows. And yeah, yeah now X on the Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Which work. I yeah, will say. You. Yeah. Amazing. So I will say. I would love to be the host who lied to you and said, I watched every episode of X on the Beach. Here's how uh, here's how I watched X on the Beach. I fast forwarded till I saw you in the confessionals and that's when I press play. That's how I watched. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's I literally to hear that. <laughs> Thank you. I do not mind. Yeah, no, because there were some episodes that were hard to get through that I was I was on. I was just like, I don't yeah. care about this. Like that, I'm just being honest. I'm like, this was not edited to my satisfaction, but it was a decent show. It was fine. Yeah. It was what it was, you know, but it was fun, like for the most part. We got to go to the Canary Islands. I never thought I'd go there. So Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I did well, actually I say I say you and Mike, because I feel like obviously like you had a story together, so I had yeah. to like figure out if maybe you said something he said yeah but yeah. as i said that's why it's like i could have taken a week to watch the show so i could like no. put some questions on here i'm like that's why 
waste of time. That's why when I like replied back to you and then I replied back to you like four hours later, that's because I was watching the show trying to figure out if I had the right questions. So oh, yeah, no, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. You know, it's a lot of that is just so edited. Like you don't really know anything about me after watching that show. So right. you know a lot more about me after hearing this interview. Exactly. So yeah. speaking of that, so who does like whose idea was it to do X on the Beach? Was it yours or was it Mike's? No, they called Mike. They called Mike. They were not interested in me. They they were interested in me years ago when I was uh, me and Lath were together, and we yeah. had for real broken up. Like we were yeah. not doing that again. And so they approached both of us, and he, I said sure because I was like fuck it, like it's X on the Beach or my ex, yeah. and it was just another outlet to you know work again. Cause I was just trying to work, but Lath was booked yeah. and busy. And so he said, hell no, which is understandable. We did not right. end the terms. <laughs> we didn't. It took us uh, a year at least to even speak again. Yeah. But um, yeah, but yeah, so he said no. And then I just never thought I'd be on it. And then Mike was like, Hey, they asked him to be on X on the beach. Um, I just gave them a list of my exes and I was like, Oh, and then they called your exes and see who's willing to go yeah. on the show. And uh, cause Mike was actually supposed to be the single, like the one on the boat in the beginning. Right. And they like, and Mike even said to me, he's like, yeah, the last thing they needed was another like white guy to be like a single. So they put the trans girl up front. So it looked like it, they called me, but they didn't. And it's also, okay. This is one thing again, as I said, didn't watch the show. So I didn't clearly get all the story, but did you, actually date like hmm like did like like did you actually because like from what from what he explained like in the teaser trailer like beforehand he's like he was talking about and he said like so a reason i didn't necessarily at least from what i remember it's like he sound he made it seem like you didn't date like that uh it was uh it was set up as like a friends with benefits situation yeah that's what i thought it was like yeah that's how it was uh that was how how it was sold and so but x was uh, x is a term lose, used very loosely on that show or it used to be because now they have to get married on it um but that's thanks to us i think that's absolutely yeah. thanks to me but because um, <laughs> i said because i remember they, when they said are you gonna pick mike to go home with you to try and date for real uh, and get on the boat i said yeah, sure. They were like, are you sure after everything he's done to you? And I said, well, do I have to marry him on the boat? They said, no. I said, then yeah, sure. Why not? Let's give him a shot. You know, like, yeah. you know, there's no stakes. Like I've, I've dated worse guys, so that's fine. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, and I think that pissed them off because then the next season, you have to get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> suddenly the stakes were higher because I'm like, bitch, I was not marrying Mike. I'll tell you that he got left on the shore because I will say this and I'm not I'm not trying to well I guess this is a little bit judgmental but it's like Mike doesn't seem like he'd be like I love Mike don't get me wrong he doesn't seem like he'd be the greatest person to be in a relationship with like uh maybe not for me maybe for someone yeah. else it was like maybe for someone else yeah because I think there's someone for everyone yeah I think there's probably three people for everyone. There's eight billion right. people in the world now. Like we've gotten to right. eight billion. So yeah. like someone's out there for you. Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely can't judge Mike too much. I'm still trying to get him on here. Um, so it's like, yeah, we love Mike. Yeah, Mike is one of my best friends. I love Mike so much. Yeah, we have our issues. We'll yeah. always have our issues, but we are very alike in a lot of ways, and we're very different in a lot of ways. And so, when you respect both those things, it's a lovely right. friendship. Yeah. So, do you regret going on X on the Beach? No, I made more money than I've ever made last year. <laughs> like. <laughs> Just from bookings, from being on X on the Beach, people love when you're on TV. If you're on TV yeah. currently, they cannot wait to hire you. Uh, they don't have to watch the show. They don't have to give a fuck about the show. They just want you. And uh, yeah, it depends on what network you go on the show for. It depends on what network you go on. Cause... I was also happy to be part of the MTV family because yeah. I've been watching MTV forever. Like Dario is one of my favorite shows growing yeah. up. I used to love TRL. I would race home to see the Slave Free video by Britney Spears just so I'd learn yeah. the dance moves because we didn't have YouTube. You had to learn right. it from the TV. So you had to race home and just hurry and get it by 3.30 um, right. and hope it didn't go to number four just because you, you can only make it to number one because it's, it's too far from school. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, the kids have no idea. We used to have to really try to get information. And right. so, um, yeah, so... I, I just loved MTV for that. Like, I loved MTV. And so just to be part of the MTV family was like, wow, that's really iconic. Like, I love this. And then MTV Cribs, uh, they came to my house. And then we did that. Work. Yeah. I say I say that because I know I've interviewed people who have done shows on OutTV. So it's like, I know they don't make, like, anything. Like, Yeah. No, I made a yeah. good amount of money from MTV yeah. as well. Yeah. So... Okay. I usually ask this question one way, but I'm going to ask it a different way simply because of the fact that I know you've like done work to your body. So how has it been suffering with body insecurities? Uh, I don't know. Like mine are the same as probably just any woman's. Like you're comparing yourself to models. You're comparing yourself right. to magazines and movie stars because uh, we are pushed that this is what a female body looks like. Men can look like whatever. They, they, they run the gamut. Men can look like Goofy, or men can look like Bluto. Like, men can look like all different types of, there's lots of male forms. The female form looks like this, and that's it. Like, it gives you Kardashian, even the Kardashians conformed, because they weren't all shaped like that. They made them all shaped the same way. And it just, it lends itself to what society believes about women, is that they're, like almost like they should be homo homogenous. They should all be sexy for the male gaze and they should all be right. perfect with clear skin all the time with perky, lovely breasts and uh, a big, nice ass, but tiny waist and tiny feet and delicate hands, with long nails and super white teeth and giant lips and a little button yeah. nose and big eyes like a doe and perfect silky hair that reaches the floor. Like that's what a woman's supposed to look like. Yeah. And so you're always gonna be haunted by those images that are always pushed in the media um, on you. But what really helped me in the modeling industry, I have to say the modeling industry, I think is what helped the most body image because we're all the same size. Those are the rules. Yeah. But we all look completely different. And you didn't have to be a pretty model. They had really interesting looking models, like those alien looking models or those, um, you know, just not the just not traditionally beautiful models, and they're very yeah. celebrated. And so I I learned that there were different types of beauty within conformity, and so that's where like so you could look different because television they really do push. Like in the '90s, 
I did not know the difference between Taya Leone, uh, what is her name? God damn it. Uh, the one in Hannibal Lecter. What is her name? Jodie Foster. Taylor, okay, yeah. Jodie Foster. Um, the one in What Women Want or What Men Want. What is it called? Uh, Laura Lenny. Uh, okay. One that's, yeah, uh, just the one that's in Jurassic Park. I did not know any of those white women apart. They all had the same color yeah. blonde hair. They all had the same color blonde hair. They all had the same almost body type. And uh, Jodie Foster was, she had brown hair, but as a black person, yeah. she looked like all them other bitches. I was like, she looked, <laughs> I, but they all look the same. Like, this is what a woman yeah. was on TV. And it was just like, God, they all look the same. And uh, it was really weird. And so the media of Hollywood will push one type of woman. And now they're doing diversity politics and hiring like so many different types of leads. I'm um, trying to see what sticks. Yeah. But um, yeah, like think about it. Growing up, Britney, there was Britney Spears, there was Christina Aguilera, there was Mandy Moore. Kind of almost interchangeable women aside from their talents because it was blonde hair, this body type, these, like you're a dance, you, if you're a singer, you're a dancer and you, oh, you're not bop, you're not bubblegum anymore. Now you're all sexy. It was run, it all ran the gamut of this weird trend. Whereas yeah. in modeling, no one looks the same. Like even the blondes look different because that one's platinum blonde. That one's just, you learn the different colors of everything. Yeah. This one's from Sweden. This one's blonde, but Argentinian. And so they, they sell something else. And so I learned about the diversity uh, in the beauty industry, ironically from an industry that people think where all these women look the same. No, we're all the same size because of yeah. sample sizes. And there's a business uh, model to that because the less clothes you use, the cheaper the fabric is. So it's not yeah. about not being size inclusive. It's about them being cheap. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's what it's really about. Because if you have to hand beat a garment, it's a lot easier to hand beat a garment that goes on this tiny girl than having yeah. to um, spend a lot more money on beads. And so it's like, it's just it's just a business. Fashion is a business. And for every dollar you earn, someone's got to pay. It's set it in Gia. And so, yeah, as a population, women pay for it the most because of the pressure on us to look like 15 year old Lithuanian girls. And so I'm not saying it's a positive industry. I'm saying I learned a lot about the differences in beauty yeah. there that I didn't learn from mainstream media. Right. Well, actually, okay. To your point about the pop culture references. Yeah. To the pop culture and like about how that was very much a blonde era. And like, if you were different in that era, you didn't sell well. Cause like, the one example because there, there was Samantha Mumba, she was a black woman, came out same time, didn't do as well. But go on. My my example is she was a little bit older, but she still came out at the same time. Was Anastasia? Anastasia, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, she didn't Anast fit because she was older. Yeah, she was older, and in my opinion, besides Christina Aguilera, she was the most talented one to come out of that era of music. But she had to go to Europe because. America didn't get her. I oh, America! Did, America didn't get Kylie Minogue. Like the gays yeah. got Kylie. America was yeah. not biting on Kylie Minogue. They let her have la 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 and sent her packing. And she, yeah, I think she's one of the best pop stars of all time. Like of all time, I love right. Kylie Minogue so much. And um, 
not just because I did her music, but when you look at her catalog of music, yeah. like when I was studying it and like figuring out which ones I'm going to do on yes. this Thursday or this Friday or this Sunday, like, and I'm, I'm looking at the videos and I'm just like, this bitch is cunt. Like, I love her. Yeah. And um, yeah, like just so much detail. Oh, God, I love Kylie Minogue. But America didn't like her because she had brown hair. Yeah. And so it just goes to show you, like, it's just, it didn't fit what was being sold to us. And so I think it's funny how that goes. But yeah, Anastasia got robbed. Yeah. She, and then like, as to the point of, I think it was only to like the um, later 2000s where like that started becoming accepted by my favorite female singer of all time, Lady Gaga. Cause She's incredible. Yeah. Because she was different, she wasn't. She wouldn't have been able to make it in that mold. No, but, she was way too different, yeah. and she, uh, her talents exceed like everyone else's. Yeah. Not only can she sing like Christina, she can yeah. play piano like Elton. You know, yeah. and she can also dance. Um, I won't say like Beyonce, but close. <laughs> no, she's a good dancer, though. I yeah, like her. yeah. And to the point of body and his securities this is the one thing where i'll disagree when you said when you said guys can look different yes they can but they're not what the media portrays overall because like as someone who grew up bigger i know that for a fact that's why like i had such body issues because I think, i'm gonna i'm gonna cut you off right there i think yeah. in the queer community guys don't look different Exactly. That's yeah, because in, with straight yeah. people, you've got yeah. Family Guy, Family Guy, yeah. King of Queens. Uh, any show with a man and a woman, it's always yeah. a bigger guy, heavier set guy yeah. with this bombshell wife. And so the right. woman has to look like this. And the guy is, you know, it can be uh, Ray Romano, like a skinny yeah. guy who's like goofy, or yeah. it can be, but it's never some smoking hot guy. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, it's the gay community that pushes these toxic body standards. Gay community, and what I found is it's like, my my thing is like, don't go after white guys because like, I've got a fat ass and black and Latino guys love that. Like, yeah. And like, that's where like I gravitated towards. It was also, like, much like you, as you said, you were older when you had sex. I didn't technically lose my virginity until I was like 22, 23. So like and I was Dude, living honey, with if that. you're if you're if you're an othered person, whether it's yeah. from size or yeah. gender gender expression, all that shit. Yeah. It's gonna be later. It's just gonna yeah. be later. Like it when you it's gonna be when someone figures out like that this isn't so bad. And then yeah. you're finally and, and you're so comfortable with yourself at that point. Like because yeah. I'm like, I know who I am and now, you know. And I still, I wasn't completely comfortable because I was scared, obviously. Yeah. The first time I was a little scary because you're like, is this the right thing to do? But, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's going to be a different experience. Whereas if you conform and you look like the traditional norm of what people are supposed to look like, you probably had sex yeah. at 13 or something. Right. Yeah, they, got, they all got to have their little experiences with people yep. who look like them and thought like them and did like them. No, but now, like, I regret nothing. I'm really glad everything happened. Yeah. I think it could have been more fair, but, yep. you know, I am grateful for my experiences and I live without regrets. Like, I did everything that I could to be to where I am now. 
Right. Yeah. And the other thing was, as I say, white guys were scared to come into my neighborhood because I lived in the hood. Mm-hmm. I actually had a guy, and I swear, most ignorant statement in the world. He said, like, oh, I can't come into your neighborhood. I'm afraid the wheels will get taken off my car. And this is at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, bitch. So fucking stupid. But my like, thing is, like, it's not like you live in, like, Compton. And, and it's, like, Compton no. in the 90s. No, it's, like, Compton in yeah. the 90s. Not even Compton now. Compton now is nice. It's, like, really nice. Yeah. But, um... So I'm just like I think it's funny what what people think is ghetto because like yeah. my grandfather lived at the ghetto like that shit was it was in Arlington before it got gentrified yeah. and I'm just here to yeah. tell you like there's no way you live in anywhere as bad as right outside of fucking Southeast DC it's a scary fucking place or it was no now it's no super white. <laughs> no like like outside downtown Orlando wasn't that bad like. But people, yeah, so and stupid. People, they're and stupid. It's like, it screams that they're inexperienced. Like yeah. they're very inexperienced in what real life is. Because ghetto is ghetto, right? Yeah, like and yeah. two white guys being scared. It's like, thank you, black guys are better at sex than you anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gas, yes, gas. So, what is your relationship to drugs and alcohol? Uh, I drink. I like drinking. I think yeah. it's fun. Um, I take breaks every once in a while because I do a lot of events. So yeah, you just get over it. You're like, all right, like I can't keep waking up at fucking twelve o'clock and ruining my whole routine for the day. But um, I've never tried drugs. I've done weed, but I've yeah. never tried cocaine. I've never done ecstasy, MDMH, or whatever. I've never done yeah. heroin, meth, nothing. Yeah, and that's it's because of um, my uh, birth father had a drug problem, and so my mom left him because of that, and so that was kind of yeah. just the standard of where we were at. I'm like, oh, okay, then let's not develop a drug problem, right? And so yeah, never tried it, and I'm just I'm not a big fan of uppers. Like people love cocaine. I'm like, I don't want to be awake. <laughs> <laughs> For what to, to experience the horrors in real time even faster? No thanks. And so that's yeah. why I like edibles, where I can melt into my couch and forget about the world. It's a lot better. That is amazing. As I always, when I always answer this question, it's like alcohol. I never really like. I'm not a huge drinker, but it's like I had like one bad night where like I almost got a DUI and like I was able to like get. Like, my dad was able to, like, save me and pick me up. So, like, I didn't have to, like, get taken in. But it's, like, in terms of drugs, as I said, I never did anything illegal. The one thing, I did abuse something. The one thing I abused was ibuprofen. So, think about about me is I have um, bone spurs in the heels of my feet. So, like, there was a time where, like, I was working a job where I was on my feet eight hours a day. And, like, I didn't... I didn't have health insurance, so it's like for four months I was taking eighteen twenty four a day. Like, damn. And I was, I had to step well, back. And I don't go be like, that's not really your fault though. Like, that's like, yeah. You're literally coping with capitalism. Yeah. Because you shouldn't be standing that long for any job. I don't care what job you have, you shouldn't be standing that long. Yeah. That's insane. And it was, I was so glad when I left that job. I was a um, 
dishwasher at a senior living home. So now, as I say, like the job I'm at now, it's like I broke the curse. Like I was only able to get jobs at senior living homes ever. Like every oh, wow. job I tried to apply to. That's why I worked at like four different ones. And like, finally, I work at a call center now. So it's like, I'm like, finally, I broke that curse. It's like, I work and you can sit down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole sitting job work. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Standing for that long is just, yeah. Uncool. Today was actually not that bad because, like, I couldn't, like, log into the computer for, like, the longest time. So, literally, today I worked for, I was at work for eight hours, but I only worked for, like, an hour. Because, like, work. <laughs> it took them that long. And I answered, like, one phone call. And I'm like, I'm like, I could, I could do this if I love this. Work. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing like getting yelled at. <laughs> But we all gotta do what we gotta do to like pay the pay the bills. Got, gotta pay the bills. Yeah, you live, you pay bills, then you die. Yeah. Those are the rules. And unlike and Arisa, taxes. I did unlike Arisa, I didn't finish college. So that's why. I'm <laughs> oh, I yeah, I used my degree to trick my way into a modeling yeah. contract. I didn't use that fucking degree. I still don't use my damn degree. Uh, I used some of the skills I learned there, but I've never. It was a waste of money, if we're being honest. Yeah. I had no regrets. I did it. It's done. Whatever. I paid my student loans off. Um, in my 30s, by the way. Yeah. It's not like it happened soon. It was the yeah. whole 10 years, 13 years, or whatever it took. It took forever. But um, See, yeah. I, ha I have a degree. I went to technical school. I have a degree. Okay. But when I was in, it's in audio engineering. So, like... I work. I, I got through it's it, useful. and I'm like... It's like it is useful, but at the same time, I is like audio engineering and music production. I like producing stuff. I hate the engineering aspect of like music and like having to sit there and like adjust levels and all that. And like you're sitting there like on a board. Why like, did you? To... Why did you pick that major? Then? Why did I picked that? Because like my thing is, I'm a singer songwriter. It's like that made sense. It's like I was trying to just do something well okay so I was in college and I told my dad I wanted to drop out but my dad wanted me to have a plan so going into audio engineering school was a plan like okay, okay. fair yeah my mom was very that you had to have a plan 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 but yeah but but it's like well and the argument as you said like I feel like I would have gone to school if I went back for broadcast journalism, but again, I need a degree to teach me how to do what I'm doing right now. Like, yeah, no, so, you don't. so what I can go work at a radio station. As I said, like, first of all, I, I know myself. I know I would never be able to last on local radio. Cause I say fuck too much. It's like, it's just, you, you learn. I've done a lot of uh, local radio spots and like interviews and it's yeah. easy to avoid. Yeah. It's really easy to avoid. But and it's fun. I just don't like the hours because you have to be there at like four in the morning. It's nuts. See, I don't mind that. Well, as I said, I told you before, like I have early hours, but it's because like I live in a small town where there's nothing to do. Like excluding bars, everything closes here at 11 p.m. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad then. So it's very much like it's like What's the point in staying up till two AM when everything's Nothing's closed? Up. Yeah, everything's closed. 
So I know this is going to be a loaded question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So right. what are this your, gonna what the, are, this is going to be the last question. Cause I got to pick my dog up. <laughs> okay, fine. Then I'll skip that one. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go to this one. So what's the biggest misconception about you? Uh, I don't know. Cause I don't know how I'm being perceived. Uh, Biggest misconception about me is that um I don't know maybe that I'm doing better like and I think this goes with most people in Hollywood that we're doing better than you think we are like because residuals don't pay what they used to you get paid cents yeah. um you have to work your ass off like I have to say yes to like everything like do I want to say yes to everything no do I say yes to everything yes because you gotta pay these bills. And so I think people think that everyone in Hollywood lives in like a Bel Air mansion. And I'm like, no, those are studio executives and owners. Like the actual actors, like your favorite actors like that you love right. live in apartment buildings right over there. Like we all live in apartment buildings. Yeah. Like it's, they're expensive apartments. Like they're in no means cheap, they're nice or whatever. But like owning a home is like some serious shit. Like you gotta be a series regular for multiple seasons, which right. is a rare thing. And so, like, my one season here, my one season there, my one season there of doing stuff, that is not buying me a home. Like, I am a renter. Exactly. No, but also just, like, everyone else here. Like, you think, like, you've been watching this show on the CW and you love this guy for the past six episodes. That guy lives in this building. I'm like... <laughs> I, like, I, I literally used to... Uh, this guy from the Vampire Diaries um, gave me his car to watch. Uh, Cause he was my friend's neighbor and he couldn't keep it parked, but I had a parking spot, so he, yeah. and, but I didn't have a car. He was like, Hey, can you just like, you can drive as much as you want. He was like, um, he's like, can you keep my car while I'm filming in Atlanta? But he was just in the apartment next door, like of my friend whose yeah. place was, you know, is very for affordable. And uh, he booked another show and ended up moving to Atlanta and doing really well. Like he, again, he got booked for a series regular thing, yeah. but like until you're there, you're not being paid a fucking thing. You're getting paid some yeah. guest spot fee and that's it. It's garbage. And that's what all these strikes are for. Like the writer strike is about that. And yeah. uh, I think we're going to have an actor strike about it because they don't want to pay us any money. Like in the nineties, you could make a living off of your residuals alone because they see that you're being shown on TV with this many times and they yeah. owe you that money. But right now they're making record profits. Uh, yes. When you're making record profits, that means you are robbing the people actually doing all the work because you're not paying us our fair share. And they haven't had a renegotiation since I think 1986, uh, the actors. And so they've yeah. got to have a, and which means streaming didn't even exist. And so you need to pay yes. us for all this streaming happening. If I watch The Little Mermaid nine times in a row, Jodie Benson and everyone in that movie should be paid over and over and over again. Yeah. Even if it's just the scent or whatever from me watching it, but like it right. should be, you, you, owe, you owe these people money. It shouldn't just be, it's not your movie. It's all these creative people who put it together. You're right. just a company. And so, yeah, you can't have record profits every year. That's, capitalism is killing all of us. Exactly. And it's killing creatives because we can't even be creative. You got to slave away. But what? And yes, we could go into a whole conversation about that, but I know you got to end. So I'll do it. <laughs> With that being Sorry, said, because yeah, we're running on two hours, so I'm like, all right. I said, yeah. I said over. I said I could do over an hour. I'm like, I'm at like an hour and ten minutes, but we're doing good. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I, I love to talk a lot. Yeah, anyway, yeah, great questions. All good. Yeah. Thank you. So it was great interviewing you. And with that being said, 
This is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed. Bye.